So humanity was made for community. We were made and created uh, to be in community with God, and we were created in his image to be in community with one another and with others. We were not created for isolation. None of us were created to exist alone. We see this in the book of Genesis where God said it was not good for man to be alone. And the more, here's the thing, is the more our society and the more our sin and what lies within each of us, whenever it baits us to isolate, the more vulnerable we become. In a 2015 uh, research that Brigham Young University did, it, they overviewed many studies on loneliness and on isolation. And after looking at the results of several hundred thousand people, they concluded that social isolation resulted in a 50% increase of premature death. Think about that. Social isolation and loneliness, are they also associated with this, with increased blood pressure, with, with uh, higher cholesterol levels, with depression, with anxiety? And if that weren't bad enough, it meant, it meant also decreases in our cognitive abilities and Alzheimer's disease. So what do we do with this information? Well, if you have a high cholesterol, obviously don't eat alone. <laughs> Thanks for laughing. Now, I've personally talked with credentialed counselors, and anecdotally, they will share this with me. And I've also read this from physicians in articles, that if people would just have a community who would listen to them, and a community who would talk with them, many problems would never need to reach a counselor or even a physician. What would it look like for the church to be the people and the community God has called us to be? What would happen in our lives? A family who exists in community with God, the great physician and the mighty, wonderful counselor. And we exist in community with one another. See, when God's family wraps some around, when God's family wraps around someone who is hurting, we can help them become unshakable. Now, this doesn't solve everything in our broken world. This doesn't solve everything in our broken minds and our broken bodies with the, the things that are in that, that we're going to need help from doctors and counselors and physicians. But maybe community is what you need today. A community like that, a community where you will have this feeling and people will wrap around you and accept you and love you and challenge you and you'll be heard and you'll be encouraged. Well, now more on that as we are in today's teaching called Unshakable. In fact, we started a new season that we're calling Unshakable. This new season as a church, we started this last week and this is an unshakable season. We're building an unshakable faith and in return, we're believing that God's gonna release an unshakable love through us. It is so good to be together with you today. If you're new with us, we're so grateful to be with you um, and, and share this time with you. If you're online, we're so grateful to share this time together with you. Hey, Westside, let's let everyone that's online and everyone that's new with us in the room, let them know how grateful we are to share this time with them. You? Yeah. Now, if you are... Um, it, 
new this week and you weren't here last week and you did not receive an unshakable guide, I want you to, everyone that got an unshakable guide, I, I'm, I want you to go ahead and get it out. If you haven't put your notes in it already, if you haven't received an unshakable guide, we have people that would love to give you one. So we don't like to point people out, but would you just raise your hand if you did not receive one and are, they're going to come around and they're going to give one. Keep your hand until you get it. Um, for online, you can go to unshakable.faith. Also, this is our hub for everything unshakable. And so you, if you're online, you can go to unshakable.faith or open it up in your app. You'll see what all the things are in the guide there. As they're doing this, I want to point a couple things out about this guide. First of all, bring this with you every Sunday. Secondly, bring this with you when you're in your groups. If you're not a part of a group, I encourage you to call someone and say, hey, let's get together and let's talk about what we've been talking about on Sunday. After today, you're going to understand why that is more important in, as we go into today's teaching. Also, inside your unshakable guide, on the first half of this guide is a description of what we believe this unshakable vision is God's given us to build an unshakable faith so that in turn we can release his unshakable love. And I encourage you as you get your guides to read that vision summary. Also on the inside of your guide is an unshakable commitment card. This is a tool to guide you to pray. And I ask you uh, to put this in a place. And many of you have already put this in a place. I've heard of it being in bathroom mirrors on a refrigerator for those of you that have a magnetized refrigerator still like we do. Um, and so you can put that on in a place that'll be a reminder for you to pray. This is a tool to guide you to pray for God to lead you in what to do to build an unshakable faith. Also, as in light of that, we want to invite you to our unshakable advanced commitment night. And on November 4th, we're going to have this advanced commitment night. This was the invite that was in, on your seat as you walked in. And I want to invite you to this. This is going to be a special service that we are hosting at the Lansing Middle School Auditorium for those, and are you ready for this? This is for those who are ready to lead out with their commitment to build an unshakable faith. So if God's been stirring in your heart, you're ready to lead out and be one of the forerunners in building an unshakable faith and ready to lead out so we in turn can express God's unshakable love. I want you to RSVP for this night. We wanted to have this in a special space that, that connects and represents the mission to which God has called us. And there's no greater representation of the needs in our community and the community to which we are called to reach than a middle school and all the families and the brokenness that is connected to it. So we're going to have an, I believe this is going to be a powerful event that I believe is not just going to be something that we experience in a school, but I believe that it's something that is going to impact our community in, for the kingdom of God. And so if you're ready to lead out with us, I encourage you to RSVP. Our child care will, will be available here at Westside Family Church at our campus here. And for those who RSVP, and then we're going to give you enough time to travel to the um, middle school there. So I want you to RSVP t today. You can do that on the app or at unshakable.faith. Now, see, we want you to have your faith firmly established in, in Jesus. This is what this whole initiative is about, your faith being firmly established in Jesus. Because when you are in Christ Jesus, you are unshakable. And this is the, this is the series, this is the season big idea. This is the unshakable big idea. And we started this last week and we're going to continue to practice this. In fact, I'm going to give you many times today to practice this. So I'm going to say in Christ we are, and I want you to reply, 
unshakable. Okay, so this is the big idea. If you have already written down, then you can engage with us here online. You type it into the chat there. In Christ we are. Oh, let's do it one more time. In Christ we are. Amen. Amen. So this is what we're looking at. Last week we began looking at this and we looked at what happened after the Holy Spirit filled 120 people who devoted themselves to Jesus, who devoted themselves to obeying Jesus and going to prayer. And Peter that day preached, and we read that 3,000 were added to that day, and they repented, they received the Holy Spirit, and they obeyed in water baptism. And we celebrated earlier that nine people last week took their next step in obedience and walking in an unshakable faith and were baptized. And we are so grateful for that and wanted to celebrate with every one of you. It was amazing to watch God move in people. It was so powerful. In fact, that's the point of last week's message, is that when we repent, when we receive and obey God's mission for us in Christ, God's power works in us and through us. When we step out in faith and obedience, God's power works in us and works through us. And this is what the book of Acts describes happening. God worked when they walked out Jesus' command to be a witness. This is what Jesus commanded them in Acts 1.8. You be my witnesses. And when you read the book of Acts, you see Luke describe the progression of what the church did in direct obedience to that command to take the, be a witness, the good news of Jesus, in Jerusalem, Samaria, Judea, and to the ends of the earth. And it started in chapters 1 through 6. Luke describes them focusing in on Jerusalem. They were sharing their faith. They were being a witness of the faith to the Jerusalem. Then six, chapter 6 through 9, they go out of Jerusalem through persecution. They're pushed out to Judea and Samaria. And then in chapters 9 through 12, it hits Syria. And it's just blooming, and it's growing north, and it's growing west, and it's growing a little bit south. And then it goes to Cyprus, way further, and then even Galatia on the other side of the sea. And then it goes to Macedonia and hits parts of Asia by chapters 19. And then 19 through 28, the apostle Paul, God puts his hand on him, and God gives him an incredible uh, just favor. And he takes it all the way to Rome, and it hits the Roman Empire. And the world has not been the same since because Jesus said death itself will not stop the church. And this is what was happening. The church was unshakable. Nothing could stop it. And today I want us to jump back to Acts 2, and I want us to see how Luke describes something, that that he describes how the new church of Jesus was empowered by the Holy Spirit. And what did they do that made them unshakable. See, the first century church had an unshakable faith that made them an unshakable community in the face of troubles, temptations, and tough situations. They had an unshakable faith that made them an unshakable community because, because they were in Christ. In Christ, we know we are. I told you we're gonna do this several times. See, in peril, in poverty, and in pain, they were unshakable. And they faced persecution. And many of them were killed because of their faith in Christ. Because their faith was in Christ, they were unshakable. And many lost family members, moms, dads, and they lost friends. But their faith was unshakable. Many faced poverty 
We see the church facing poverty and we read that they were not shaken by that. They faced difficult situations. We even read about Paul facing difficult situations. Yet they endured through them because they had an unshakable faith and were in an unshakable community. And here's the result. Luke tells us. Luke writes, and he lets you know that the result is of being in an unshakable community. Now, I want you to listen to how Luke describes this. This is the outcome of having an unshakable faith. And we read this in verse 43, that everyone was filled with awe at the many signs and wonders performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to the poor, <clears throat> to give to anyone in need who had need. Every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all God, of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. That is an unshakable community. Now, I want us to identify some things here. Let's just see these. What does it mean? What is the product of being in an unshakable community? Well, God was working supernaturally among them. We see in verse 43 that God was demonstrating his power through the apostles so people knew that the apostles were under God's authority. This was a gift of grace at that time. God was working through them. Secondly, they were united. In verse 44, we see that they had everything in common. They held everything in common. And mind you, some theologians believe that there could have been over 15 nationalities. You need to wrap your mind around this. 15 nationalities that were represented in those 3,000 people that responded that day, on that day of Pentecost. They had nothing in common other than proximity in the same place, and they had the same message. But they had everything in common after they put their faith in Christ. Because when Jesus is Lord, we are united. And that is the key. They saw Jesus as Lord. And because Jesus was your Lord and your Lord, we are united. And they had everything in common. In verse 45, their needs were supported. I, th th we see that they, they gave, they sold. They, they had, those that had their needs met gave extra. And they sold from what they didn't need and gave to meet the needs and support the needs of those within that community. What an incredible outpouring of generosity. Also, they glorified God. I love what verse 46 says. They had glad and sincere hearts. There was a joy amongst these people. And when you have a joy, you express that joy to God in your praise. And when you have a joy because your identity is in Christ, because in Christ we are. And here's the thing about unshakable people. They have a joy. And people enjoy being around those with joy. Amen. I mean, I believe this is what you think. You love being around people with joy. And the people love this, and they praise God, and they enjoy the favor because people enjoy being around people of joy. And then we read about God added to their number daily. Many were being saved. What an amazing outcome. That was an amazing outcome. You know what? It was an outcome of something else. See, what we read in verses 43 through 47 would not have happened without verse 42. And Luke tells us in verse 42, he leads you and I to understand what they did. Because these, as we're going to see today, are four keystone habits to an unshakable community. And the practice of these keystone habits that we're going to read here in verse 42 is what made the first century church unflappable. Nothing could stop them. So what are these habits? Luke 
writes these. They devoted. If you have your notes, circle that word. This is so important. Highlight it in your scripture. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. What made them unshakable? It was their devotion. Their devotion. Being an unshakable community doesn't happen without a community whose lives share the same devotion. And we read what their lives were devoted to. First, we see they were devoted to the apostles' teaching. See, an unshakable community is devoted to navigating Scripture together. They were devoted to the apostles' teachings. The apostles taught the people who Jesus was, and they taught how to follow Jesus and how to follow Jesus together. This is what the apostles did. See, we don't have the apostles anymore teaching us directly, but we do have the teachings from the apostles that we have in Scripture. In fact, this is what makes up the New Testament, is they, these were directly passed down from the apostles, just like they were devoted to the apostles' teaching. This is why Scripture is so important. And, and the, the apostles taught what Jesus taught, and they wrote the letters, and, and Mark and, and Luke, they heard from the apostles Peter and the apostles Paul. They took these teachings of Jesus, and they heard all of these. They compiled them to what we have as two of the gospels. Matthew then wrote his own account of the gospel, and John wrote his own account of Jesus' story. And we have the teachings of Jesus, and, and the letters that they each would write, that Paul would write, that James and John would write, that Peter would write, would be dispersed among them, and these became our New Testament that we have today. We also have a devotion to what Jesus taught through the apostles. And there must be a devotion to this. See this? We have to have a devotion to Scripture to be an unshakable community. A community who ignores Scripture is vulnerable. Because a community who believes a lie is not as strong as a community built on truth. And this is what Matthew would say. He would share the teaching of Jesus. And this is what he wanted you and I and all his readers to know about teachings of Jesus because they're so truth. And what does that truth do for us when we live our lives in obedience to that truth? It makes us unshakable. And this is what Jesus would say. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, it's just not hearing them today, it's obeying them tomorrow. It's like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house Yet it did not fall. It was unshakable because it had its foundations on the rock. We will be devoted to Scripture to become unshakable. See, an unshakable community is devoted to Scripture. And to be devoted to Scripture means that you're going to be unshakable. Next, an unshakable community is devoted to loving each other. We read that they were devoted to fellowship. That word fellowship in the Greek, it's just fun. It's just fun to say this. It's koinonia. Okay, it's fun to say. Let's say it together. Koinonia. Isn't that fun? It just kind of rolls off the tongue. Koinonia. And in this, that word is, is, is also uh, the root of that word. Koinos is used in verse 46 where they said they had everything in common. There was this fellowship, this, this, this commonality, this gathering, this sharing of life together. They were devoted to sharing their life together and having this, sharing this common life together. And it says to the breaking of bread. See, there are two things here. Breaking of bread was a symbol of communion and also was a representation that they shared meals together regularly. See, meals and communion should be common 
in the church, within the church, amongst the body of church, outside of Sunday. This was common. Communion was a symbol and a reminder, and they had meals together. See, meals are a part of the kingdom family and the kingdom participation in this fellowship that we have. And it's important to understand this. It's also a reminder. Communion is a symbol and a reminder of two things. It's a reminder of how God demonstrated his love to us in Christ. And it's also a reminder and a symbol of how our devotion, out of our devotion, we demonstrate our love to God by loving one another. This is what Jesus would say. My new covenant people, my new kingdom family, based on this new covenant that I'm establishing in my blood, <laughs> is going to have a new command. And this is going to, this, the law of Christ, Paul would call this a law of Christ. This is going to feed everything they do. And this is what he would say. A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. See, we take communion to remind us of God's demonstration of love for us. But also, it's a reminder that we are to demonstrate our love for God by loving one another. We are to love his family the way Jesus showed his love to us. This is an unshakable community. Who wouldn't want to be a part of that? Who's, who wouldn't be strong in a community like that? One whose devotion and a community whose devotion for Jesus is what leads them to be devoted to one another. Third, an unshakable community is devoted to praying with one another. They were devoted to prayer. This was more than just praying individually. They prayed corporately, and they didn't just pray corporately for, for just anything. They prayed corporately with each other and for each other. The apostles would teach this in their letters that they would describe it. They would say who to pray for. They would pray for all these people, and they would specifically pray for one another. James, the half-brother of Jesus, would teach the church in Jerusalem how to pray with one another and to pray with one another. In chapter 5, verse 13, we see, he would say, hey, is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. And in, in, in verse 15, in the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. And then he, verse, verse 16, he says, the prayer of the righteous person is powerful and effective. And you might go, Casey, that right there just counts me out. You don't know what I've done. Can I remind you that when you are in Christ, we are? Because when you are in Christ, you are no longer your righteousness anymore. When your faith is in him, you have clothed yourself. Actually, you didn't do it. Jesus did. He put his clothing of righteousness and covered all, all of your unrighteousness. You have the boldness and the, abil the ability to pray with others, standing in the power of God to share the power of Christ with each other in prayer. See, an unshakable community prays with one another and praying one another and for one another because we are devoted to Jesus. And because we are devoted to Jesus, we are devoted to Scripture. We're devoted to loving one another and gathering together to one love one another, and we're devoted to navigating Scripture. We're devoted to praying with one another. And last, there's one more devotion, and it's subtle, but I know that you're going to see it. An unshakable community is devoted to being a witness of Jesus' good news to those close to them but far from God. 
In verse 47, we read the outcome that God added to their number daily, those who were being saved. How do you think God added to their number daily? Do you think they just showed up on their doorsteps and if they had church buildings like we had today, do you think they just, people just showed up at their homes or showed up? I don't think so. I don't think people, sometimes we operate like that's exactly what's going to happen. We think that this is how God's going to do it. They're just going to show up. No, they didn't just show up. They were putting into practice, I believe, especially those 120 that were there on the day of Pentecost and that day that they were in the upper room together. They were putting into practice and teaching others how to put into practice what Jesus would teach in Luke 10, where they would teach, where Jesus would tell them, and we call this the rhythms of blessed. They would begin in prayer. They would find the person of peace, listen. They would eat whatever was put in front of them, and they would serve them by sharing the power of Jesus. And then they would share about the kingdom of God, telling them the kingdom of God is near. They would do this. As missionaries, they began to live the missionary life right then and there in Jerusalem, in their neighborhoods. They also took the Great Commission seriously. Matthew recorded in Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20, to go into all the world, Jesus would say, baptizing people, making disciples of all nations and baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. They were taking this seriously to go. They weren't staying. They were going because they had an unshakable faith. They took Jesus seriously and put his words into practice, especially what Jesus said in Acts chapter 1, verses 8, where Jesus said that you will be my witness. You're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you're going to be my witness in all Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. They made that their mission, and they went They were a witness everywhere starting in their neighborhoods. And that witness, as they were witness, the work of God went in them and through them. Luke describes again the outcome in chapter 4 of what happened because of the devotion of this unshakable community. All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. Because our faith is in Christ, and when we are in Christ, we are? With great power, they begin to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And look at this. God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all. And because God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all, look what happens. That there were no needy persons among them. See, there's another outcome that was a product of having an unshakable faith. There was an outpouring of generosity. God's outpouring of generosity was to them through God working miraculously on their behalf. And there was an outpouring of generosity through the people as they would share with what they had to meet the needs of those around them. They had this belief, this faith, that everything, we read it right there, that everything they had they was not their own. Why? Because they believed it belonged to God and it was his. And they knew that and that was their faith and they lived from that faith. And generosity became the outpouring, the overflow, the outcome of their devotion to Jesus. See, the overflow of my devotion is generosity to Jesus, his church, and his mission. Generosity is the outcome of God's devotion to you. Think about that. Because God loved, God gave. He sent his one and only son. 
for you. And out of our overflow of our devotion to Jesus, this is why we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Out of the devotion to Jesus, our generosity flows. See, the outcome of being devoted to Jesus is putting his kingdom first. It's putting his family first. That's the overflow of our generosity. See, God, I want you to understand something. God is more concerned about your input. It's about your heart here. God, is, is, is generosity is not as much what you give to as much as it's what you give from. See, what's the devotion from which you are giving? See, if generosity is a reflection of our devotion, what does our generosity reflect or lack of generosity reflect? God is concerned about the devotion of our heart. That's why he would say, seek first the kingdom. The outcome of that devotion is expressed in a generosity to Jesus, his mission, and his church. And see, God is more concerned about Casey Robinson's heart and my input and my devotion and how I'm following him. Because when I take care of that, generosity naturally flows out of that devotion. My heart is reflected in my devotion. And here's the other thing about devotion. If we work on our devotion, God will add to our number. This is the best church growth strategy. Work on our devotion as a church to Jesus and his church family, and he will add to his number daily. As we continue to be devoted to Jesus, his family, and his mission, Jesus will build his church. So we need to work on our devotion strategy. And here's the big idea that's our devotion strategy for today. See, an unshakable community is devoted to Jesus' church and Jesus' mission because they are devoted to Jesus. We will be devoted to Jesus, and the outcome of this is we're going to be devoted to Jesus' church and Jesus' mission. Our mission of a church as Westside, I love our mission because I believe this puts our devotion right where it needs to be, and it's also a product of a devoted disciple. See, our mission as a church family is loving Jesus, becoming like Jesus, and sharing Jesus. And here's what happens when we are devoted to Jesus as disciples and every one of us are devoted to loving Jesus, becoming like Jesus, and sharing Jesus. We become unshakable. See, an unshakable disciple doesn't follow Jesus alone. There are no lone rangers. They need God's family and they realize God's family needs them. And so we have created four statements that identify who we are as God's family. And these four statements are integrated with our mission And it's so critical to the habits that we do every Sunday and we do during the week. And we want this to infiltrate who we are. And so here's the first statement. We are God's family on mission together, loving Jesus, becoming like Jesus and sharing Jesus. This is who we are and this is what we do. We are God's family. And when we see ourselves as God's family, this reflects our devotion to Jesus because we're devoted to one another. And we're devoted to his mission for us. And that is to love Jesus, become like Jesus, and we're going to look outward and share Jesus with the world. We are also loving Jesus. And the way we're loving Jesus is by gathering together to love one another. See, our devotion to Jesus is expressed in our devotion to love one another as Christ has loved, loved us. This is why you gather on Sunday. This is what I want to be the devotion, the motivation for you coming on Sunday. We don't come on Sunday 
because we want to feel good. We don't come on Sunday because we have time. We come on Sunday because we are devoted to Jesus. And because I'm devoted to Jesus, I show up for the church family. We show up for each other because of our devotion to Jesus. This is why we're in groups and we show up. We hold our commitments to each other because we want to be devoted to each other because our devotion is to Jesus. This is why we gather. We gather because of our devotion to Jesus. And we don't do this alone. We don't, we don't do this alone. And, 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 and that leads us to the second thing. We're becoming like Jesus by navigating Scripture to follow Jesus together. We cannot become like Jesus without Scripture. Trying to follow Jesus without reading Scripture is like trying to find your way in the middle of the ocean in a submarine with a screen door. You just ain't going to do it. You're going to drown. And you can't do this alone. You need the community. We cannot follow Jesus alone. This is why together on Sundays we look at Scripture. This is why it's important to have Scripture a part of your groups when you're meeting together. Because we're devoted to Jesus, we navigate Scripture together. And to navigate your life on anything else or by anything else other than Scripture is a shakable life. And we're unshakable when we navigate Scripture together. And then we're sharing Jesus by praying with one another and being on mission together to bless. Two ways we share Jesus. One way we share Jesus specifically with the church body. We pray with one another. We share Jesus' power with one another when we pray together. And we share this power as we turn out to this world and we live out these mission rhythms together that we see in Luke 10, beginning in prayer, listening to others, eating together with those who are far from God but close to us, serving them and then sharing the story of God's kingdom and being a witness to God's work in our story. And as we do this, we become an unshakable community. Now, today, we've already done two of these three things. We've gathered together because we love one another. And we've gathered together because of our devotion to Jesus. And we're gonna express, we express that by gathering together to love one another. We've navigated, navigated scripture to follow Jesus together because of our devotion to Jesus. And after this, we're gonna leave on mission to bless. There's one other thing that we can do together and we need to do together. And every time we come together, whether it's on a Sunday or in a group, we all need to do this. It's not a prayer partner's responsibility. It's not a person on the platform's responsibility. It's we all share this together. We need to pray with one another and for one another. And we're gonna do that right now. And this is gonna be a little awkward. And online, we're gonna invite you into this as well. But we're gonna do this right now. And this is how we're gonna do this. I'm gonna ask you in a moment to stand and I want you to find someone that's close to you, but not in your household. So it might be the person in front of you, across the aisle from you. You might need a, uh, yeah, just however, if you're online, our hosts are wanting to do this with you. And so they'll instruct you on what to do to help share your prayer request. This is what I want you to do. We're going to give you the space. They're going to pad. I want you to find that person. I just want you to ask that person this question. How can I pray with you? And this is what I want you to do. Bold, not in your household, do it with someone else. And this is what this is important, okay? Be honest. What's your need? And if you feel maybe uncomfortable or you don't know what your need is, you just have no clue, can I put something in your perspective to pray for? Will you pray? Just ask them to pray that you have an unshakable faith. 
And this is what I'm going to ask you. I'm going to give you 45 seconds each to just share your need with one another. That's all I want you to do, just share. And simply in 45 seconds, just share your need. After you share your need, we're, I want you to exit out your aisle, come down and get your communion. And I want you to grab your cup. And when you return to your place, I want you to pray with the person who told you their prayer request. And if you've never prayed, I wanna give you how, I wanna share with you how to pray. I want you to share this. And they, they'll put this up on the screen, I believe. Father, help my friend with, and you fill in the gap. Help my friend with their physical need. Help my friend with their finances. Help my friend find a job. Help my friend in this relationship. Help my friend in this circumstance. Just help my friend. Share the power of Jesus with someone. And after you prayed with them, our band's gonna continue to sing at that point. I want you to share communion. I want you to take your communion. I want you to give to them. I want them to give you your, their, the communion to you. And then on your own, you're going to take communion, not directed by us, but in together at your own. And God's grace is going to be so powerfully at work. I can't tell you how much I believe this. It's going to be through you and in you because in Christ we are unshakable. I'm going to ask you to get the most awkward thing out of the way right now. Will you stand? Okay? Awkwardness is out of the way. For those online, I want you to share with them however they're sharing. And here, find someone, not your family. Take 45 seconds right now. 45 seconds. One person share. Another person share. <laughs> 